You're listening to Comedy Central. October 17th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. What We Do in the Shadows, a phenomenal film. Tonight, he's here with a new comedy in which he plays, and I want to get this right, Adolf Hitler. Taika Waititi is joining us, everybody. (laughs) Also on tonight's show, the Syrian war comes to the White House. A blob monster is taking over the world, and Dulce Sloan is here to deal with Donald Trump. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's start things off talking about the miracle of life and why it's so creepy. The Paris Zoo is showing off a mysterious new organism. They nicknamed it the Blob. It's a yellow, unicellular, small living being. It looks like a fungus, but it acts like an animal. The Blob has 720 sexes, can move without legs or wings, and it heals itself if it's cut in half. It has no brain, but is able to learn. And if you merge two blobs, they can transmit knowledge to each other. Experts call it one of nature's mysteries. Okay, that sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. (laughs) Like, that sounded like the news report everyone in the horror movie ignores 10 minutes before the blob takes over the town. (laughs) And also, what does that mean, that the blob has 720 different sexes? Did the blob say that, huh? Were the scientists like, what are your pronouns? All of them. (laughs) And I know a lot of people see this and they get stressed. They're like, oh my God, this yellow blob is gonna take over the world. Guys, some yellow blob with no brain isn't gonna take over the planet. Because if it tries, we have an orange blob with no brain that's gonna fight it. It's gonna take it down. Yeah, DJT. Moving on to some big international news. Egypt still has old things left to dig up. 20 ancient coffins in Egypt are being called one of the most important archeological finds in recent years. They were discovered recently along the Nile River. The coffins were stacked inside a large tomb and they were sealed and intact. Amazingly, their colors and carvings have not faded despite being at least 2,000 years old. Okay, that sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. (laughs) Maybe there's a reason these 20 coffins were sealed so tight. Shut up and open them. Ah! And by the way, uh, quick shout out to the guy who owned the coffin store in ancient Egypt. Can we just give him props, huh? (laughs) Think about it, those coffins. Those coffins have lasted longer than any civilization ever. And they're ornate and beautiful and they stand... I mean, these days, think about it. We just bury people in an apple box, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Think about it. When they dig up our coffins in 2,000 years, they're just gonna be like, man, people in 2019 were some broke-ass bitches. (laughs) Oh, and also, quick question. How much time needs to pass until it's acceptable to start digging up dead people and looting their graves? No, because when these guys dig up coffins, they're archaeologists. But then when I do it, I'm desecrating the grave of Luther Vandross. Like, how is that fair? (laughs) All right, and finally, when you're hungry and on the go, there's nothing better than a drive-through. But thanks to a new law in California, you can now also get a drive-over. Roadkill could soon be on the menu. Yes, that's right, roadkill. It is what's for dinner now. 
Governor Gavin Newsom has just signed this new bill into law. Senate Bill 395 would allow drivers who unintentionally fatally strike a deer, elk, antelope, or wild pig to take it home and cook it. It would also allow people who stumbled upon an animal carcass in the road can also keep it for food. That is expected to help hungry people across California. People are gonna be taking dead animals home? That sounds like the beginning of a great romantic comedy. That is gonna be adorable. She ran over his leg. He ran over her heart. But yes, eating roadkill is now legal in California. Yeah, and the owners of 7-Eleven were like, oh, was that illegal? Uh, my bad, uh, my bad. And I'm not gonna lie, this is one of the weirdest stories I've ever seen. Because honestly, I've never driven past roadkill and thought, ah, if only it wasn't a crime. <laughs> like, I wouldn't eat a banana I found on the floor. You're taking home a dead deer? And actually, you know what I would do if I wrote this law? I would have added a part that says, if you kill an animal with your car, you have to eat it. Not you can, you have to eat it. Yeah, you see how safe the highways would become. He would be like, honey, slow down. I'm not hungry, slow down. And also, just to be fair to the animals, I would also add that if you hit an animal but you die, then the animal gets to eat you. Rules are rules, people. Rules are rules. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. If you were keeping up with the news today, you probably know that it was uh, more chaotic than free cocaine day at Dave & Buster's. And personally, I'm disappointed. Because we had a whole show planned and it was gonna be a great show. You know, we figured out who killed Jeffrey Epstein, but we had to throw it all out the window (laughs) because there was so much breaking news, too much news, in fact. Luckily though, too much news is just the right amount of news for a segment we call Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. (laughs) If you're friends with a government ethics expert and you're wondering why their head randomly exploded into little pieces today, it's probably because they saw this. President Trump is hosting a major meeting of world leaders next year at his Miami area resort and golf property. Next year's G7 summit will take place at the Trump National Doral in Miami. The move is raising questions about whether hosting this large event at one of the president's businesses is a violation of ethics rules. Wow, that is crazy. The president is making world leaders hold a giant event at his own resort. Like it really seems like there's nothing Trump wouldn't do to profit off the presidency. Like, I bet you he's gonna be outside his own impeachment trial just scalping tickets. He's gonna be standing outside there. He's like, tickets, tickets, who needs tickets to my impeachment? You want some tickets? Best seats in the house, come on, yo. Right next to me. And also, if I was a world leader, I wouldn't wanna stay at Trump's resort. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Like, Trump would probably sneak into your room to try and find dirt on Joe Biden. Yeah. He'd just be like, at the door, like, housekeeping. Oh, did someone leave these files on the floor? I'll get rid of it for you, basura, basura. (laughs) Now, on a normal day, in a normal presidency, we would spend all our time talking about how shady it is that Trump is forcing world leaders to host the G7 summit at his golf club that he makes money from, especially considering how he always brags about how he doesn't profit from the presidency. But today's not a normal day, and this is not a normal presidency. Because while he's inviting foreign leaders to his Miami golf club, American leaders are storming out of the White House. Shortly after a House vote where more than 100 Republicans joined Democrats condemning the president's abrupt withdrawal of U.S. troops from Syria, a heated confrontation inside the White House. That clash between President Trump and top Democrats spilling out onto the steps of the West Wing. 
I pray for the president all the time. I think now we have to pray for his health because this was a very serious meltdown on the part of the president. President Trump hitting back, accusing Democrats of storming out, using the same language as Pelosi against her, tweeting, she had a total meltdown in the White House today. It was very sad to watch. Pray for her. She is a very sick person. Uh, okay. I know you are, but what am I? I like how when Trump is insulted, he just steals that insult verbatim with zero shame. Like, maybe this is how you trick him into getting out of the White House. You just be like, I'm sick of you, I resign. No, I'm sick of you, I resign. Ah, damn it, no, wait, wait, wait. Also, also it's funny how they're fighting, but they both say they're gonna pray for each other. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of those old church ladies who act really nice in public, but then pray insult each other. You know, be like, dear Lord, please give me the strength to not whack this fool upside the head. It's like, dear Jesus, please give this woman some sense before I whip her ass like the father she never had. <laughs> now, when the day started, it seemed like we were gonna spend all our time talking about the beef between Trump and the Democrats, but we didn't have time to talk about the beef because then news broke about the turkey. Breaking news in Turkey. The United States says it has helped to broker a five-day ceasefire involving Turkish forces in northern Syria. Vice President Mike Pence making that announcement today after meeting with Turkish President Recep Erdogan. Today in Texas, President Trump called the ceasefire an amazing outcome. The Kurds are very happy. Turkey is very happy. The United States is very happy. And you know what? Civilization is very happy. It's a great thing for civilization. Yes, civilization is very happy. Centuries from now, historians will look back at the greatest achievements of all time, the development of democracy, the invention of electricity, and the time Trump negotiated a really short ceasefire in a war that he basically started. Ah, yes, what a great achievement. <laughs> civilization. And you know what, if we had the time, we would be discussing how disingenuous it is of Trump to claim that this is a peace deal when in fact the Kurds just got screwed over because the deal is that they have five days to leave the land and then Turkey gets the land. That's the deal, yeah. Doesn't sound like a deal. It sounds like the kind of deal I had with my high school bully. I would give him my lunch money and he would give me a black eye. Win-win, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, we don't have the time to talk about that because while Turkey is getting the Kurds out of Syria, the Democrats are trying to get Trump out of the White House. And today, the latest witness in the impeachment inquiry was dropping bombs like he was invading the Middle East. In the impeachment inquiry, Gordon Sondland is a key witness. In his opening statement, he said President Trump told US officials to talk directly to his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, about US policy in Ukraine. And he said he didn't know until later that Giuliani's agenda included pushing Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. And he says that throughout this time, he was working to, to get Ukraine to, to advance an investigation into corruption, into Burisma. He had no idea that that meant Joe Biden. He had no idea that that meant Hunter Biden. Oh, 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 this is slick from Sondland. He's now saying that he did put pressure on Ukraine, but he didn't know it had anything to do with Joe Biden. You see what he's doing. He's trying to distance himself from what Trump did. Yeah, he's basically like, I didn't know it was a bank robbery, guys. I just went in with my friends, I gave the bank teller a note, and they gave me the money. It's like, really, you didn't know it was a robbery? Then why were you wearing a mask? I just thought we were cold. I thought we were all cold. <laughs> I honestly wish we had more time to go through Ambassador Sondland's full testimony because he had a lot to say. But Mick Mulvaney, Trump's chief of staff, and Excel spreadsheet came to life. He came out and he held a surprise press conference and shocked everyone in the room. 
We're following breaking news, a truly stunning admission from the White House. Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney directly contradicting President Trump on a quid pro quo with Ukraine, saying hundreds of millions of dollars in U.S. military aid was uh, tied to an investigation of Democrats in the 2016 election. So, so the demand for an investigation into the Democrats was part of the reason that he it was ordered on to withhold funding to Ukraine. The, the look back to what happened in 2016 certainly was, was part of the thing that he was worried about in corruption with that nation. And that is absolutely appropriate. What you just described is a quid pro quo. We do that all the time with foreign policy. And I have news for everybody. Get over it. There's going to be political influence in foreign policy. Okay, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Trump has said on multiple occasions, no quid pro quo of any kind. Now, middle-aged Harry Potter is coming out <laughs> saying that there was a certain type of quid pro quo, but everyone must get over it. That's it, just get over it. Everybody does it. So this is what, locker room corruption? Is that what this is? And I'm not gonna lie, this is a twist I didn't see coming. Yeah, it's like the murder suspect in the Law and Order episode confessing in the middle of the, just like in the middle of the scene, just being like, yeah, I committed the double homicide, but the real question here is, are you gonna be a little bitch about it, huh? <laughs> the person's dead, ain't nothing gonna change. Now are we gonna eat them or not? What are we doing? <laughs> so in 24 hours, in 24 hours, we had Trump hosting the G7 at his golf club. Turkey getting the greatest deal of all time. No quid pro quo, but also quid pro quo. A showdown in the White House, and we didn't even have time to tell you that Rick Perry, who is tied to the whole Ukraine scandal, abruptly resigned today. And you know what? This might be the true genius of Donald Trump. Because you realize with one scandal, you get kicked out of office. But with seven in one day, <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> we'll be right back. I'm not gonna get involved in a war between Turkey and Syria, especially when, if you look at the Kurds, and again, I say this with great respect, they're no angels. We do get along great with the Kurds. We're trying to help them a lot. Don't forget, that's their territory. That's we the have to help them. I wanna help them. Let them fight their own wars. They've been fighting for a thousand years. Let them fight their own wars. They fought with us. They fought with us. They died with us. They died. We lost. Tens of thousands of Kurds died fighting ISIS. We were the ones that got ISIS. We're the ones that took care of it, specifically me. But they're great people. And we have not forget. We, we don't forget. I don't forget. Let them work it out. We shouldn't be over there. These are great people. Welcome back to The Daily Show. As we just saw, the Trump administration has been saying for weeks that there was no form of quid pro quo with Ukraine. And then today, Mulvaney said that there was, but people should get over it, which is really confusing. What is the strategy? Well, here to break it all down in this whole impeachment scandal is our very own Dulce Sloan, everybody. Ah. This, this is so confusing. Trump's chief of staff basically admitted to a quid pro quo. How is this helping them? It doesn't, but that's the point. This is what happens when you're dealing with trash-ass dudes and the trash-ass friends. <laughs> I've been through this before, so let me break it down. Trump doesn't want to be president, but he doesn't want to quit either because that would make him look bad. So he's out here trying to get dumped. It's what I call pulling a Marvin. I'm, I'm sorry, pulling a Marvin? Is that a psychological term? No. Marvin is this dude I've been dating who wants to get out of our relationship. 
but he's trying to get me to break up with him. That's who Marvin is, and Trump's just like him. Well, okay, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. You, you think Trump wants Americans to kick him out of the White House? It's obvious. He said America's just as bad as Russia. He shows us the phone calls he made to Ukraine. Then his boy came to the podium and said he's got quid pro quos in different area codes. <laughs> He's just like Marvin. <laughs> Not even trying to hide it. Marvin butt-dialed me from the strip club <laughs> with someone else's butt. <laughs> if that's not asking to get your ass dropped, I don't know what is. Okay, wait, well, well, that means this is a good thing. If Trump wants out, then America just should impeach him and then everyone gets what they want. Oh, hell no, uh-uh. Impeach him? So America is the bad guy? Nah, then he gets what he wants. We can't let Marvin win. I mean, Trump. We... (laughs) Excuse me. We can't let Trump win. America has to do to Trump what I did to Marvin. Make his life a living hell. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I told his boss he goes to work drunk. I poked holes in his waterbed. And best of all, I showed up at the strip club he was at and yelled, that nigga's broke! No more dances for Marvin! Wow. Wow, so... So that's how you got Marvin to break up with you? Oh, no, we didn't break up. (laughs) We're both too stubborn. I'm marrying that piece of shit this weekend. (laughs) You hear that, Marvin? You better break up with me or I'm taking this shit to the grave! Uh, congratulations, I guess. Don't say Sloan, everybody. We'll be right back. My guest tonight is a filmmaker from New Zealand who writes, directs, and stars in the new movie, Jojo Rabbit. Please welcome Taika Waititi. Welcome to The Daily Show, sir. Thank you very much for Uh, having me. I am a big fan of your work. You have been making some of the funniest films that we have had the pleasure of enjoying in the cinema. Thank God. But Jojo Rabbit is truly one of the strangest films people will go and watch in an amazing way. Yeah. How do you even begin to pitch to a studio, hey, guys, I'm gonna make a movie about a young boy who's growing up in Nazi Germany and his imaginary friend is Hitler? You say, hey, guys, and then you stop there. (laughs) That's pretty much it. (laughs) It's a very hard film to pitch. Oh, uh, so this is a film about a young boy and the Hitler Youth. Most people go, mm, that's enough for me. <laughs> Not interested. Uh, but I actually just uh, ended up having to write the script and let that do all the talking for me. Right. It's, it is a very hard thing to, to pitch because tonally it shifts around quite a lot. You know, there's a lot of comedy and, and drama and tragedy and it is a real mix. It can't right. come yeah, it really, it, it really is sharp in its satirical voice as well because you know, you're commenting on something that we all know happened. But what's really interesting is you're commenting on something that, that I think a lot of people don't talk enough about today in the world, and that is how we are conditioned from the time we are children. Yeah. You see this little child who was born in Nazi Germany, and he is only taught to be a Nazi, and we like him because we sort of understand that he had no other choice, and we see the conflict that he has with being a Nazi, and then, like, 
his mother going like, no, you can be a good person. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and when, when children were indoctrinated into the Hitler Youth, um, the first lesson they were taught was to rebel against your parents. Don't listen to your parents and what they try and tell you. Listen to us. You know, we, Hitler is now your father. And listen to us. Listen to the, you know, your, your teachers. Um, and so for parents in those times, if you, you, know, if, if you wanted to try and convince your, your, your child, don't be a Nazi. Uh, that was a very, <laughs> it was a very dangerous thing to right. do, you know, because they would say, if your parents, uh, you know, if they, if they, if they judge us or if they criticize the party, tell us and we'll, we'll take care of that. We'll take care of your parents, yeah. right? And you, you see that in the story, and I, I really wish I could explain it to people. I don't want to give anything away, but it's like it, it really is. It is a weird movie in that, like, you, you're laughing and then you're sad and then you're angry and then there's moments where you're like, this feels like what's happening today. You know, you, you feel yeah. people who are radicalized and you go, why do you have this hate or why do you feel the way you do? And they're like, well, well that's all I've known. Isn't it weird that in 2019, someone still has to make a movie trying to explain to people not to be a Nazi? Was it, was it ever awkward for you, like, looking in the mirror? I mean, like, did your family say anything? Because, I mean, you know, you... Well, my you... mother came just to visit set. Because a lot of people don't know this about you, but you're Jewish. And yeah. then, like, 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 you have Jewish and that family. that makes it okay. Well, but I'm saying, like, that makes it more no. awkward, I think. Is that like... more, oh, for sure. So, like, your family's I mean, yeah, just like, yeah, wait, yeah. so you're, like, gonna, you're gonna be Hitler? It's double the guilt going on. It's double... <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh... No, I put the, the costume on for the first time. On paper, you seem to... This is going to be a great idea. Uh, then you put it all on. You put that ridiculous moustache on, and you look in the mirror. And I mean, the, I mean, the, really, the main word to describe it all is embarrassed. Oh, that's right. I was embarrassed. Right. And but imagine trying to to uh, to direct people dressed like that. You know, because you, know, you go through you go through most of your day. You know, you know, you don't really remember what you look like. And I was like, I'll be directing people. Hey, that's really good. Um, yeah, that's really good, Scarlett. So look, why don't we just try, try to do another one where you go over there and you can see the Dutch, and you go. <laughs> and I had to catch a little glimpse of myself in a reflection and realize, oh my God, that's right. I'm dressed like this guy. Yes, and you so are. And so then instantly I said, so you don't have to do what I say. I'm not, that's not an order. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not forcing you to do that. This is, this is your choice. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're a free person, you know, in 2018, hey, you do what you want. Hey. I'm not directing, I'm suggesting. Hey. I'm not directing, I'm hey. suggesting. I'm suggesting. You're doing There's the power of suggestion. <laughs> um, you have a really stellar cast. I mean, the young man who we see there playing Jojo the rabbit, he's, he's phenomenal. And I mean, you, like all these young kids in the movie are so amazing in playing the story. And then you got Scarlett Johansson, who's also phenomenal as the mom in the story. Story. Why did you choose to center the story around the kids? Because it's not, it's not a story told through the lens of the adults. The adults are in the story, but yeah. it is really through the lens of children. Why? Well, I've never really seen films set, uh, you know, with, uh, with the backdrop of conflict or wars really from a, a child's point of view. And I really wanted to explore that, um, that world. And, and I've worked with a lot of kids in my films. So a lot of my films, uh, you know, they deal with, you know, Young, young, young boys with dad issues. Uh, yeah, but so I've, I've always worked with, with these kids and, and the, the boy who plays Jojo, uh, Roman Griffin Davis, incredibly beautiful, sensitive young guy who, um, who really carries the film and really saved me from embarrassment. I, I, I think there's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's truly one of the most original, funny, fantastic films I've watched in a very long time. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for making the movie. Jojo Rabbit opens in select cities October 18th and will be in theaters nationwide very soon. Michael Waititi, everybody. (laughs) 
The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 